Good morning, everybody, and welcome to everybody who is watching online as well and those in person. I wanted to give you a couple quick announcements. Our mission team has a focus on manna this month. Um, you can help by giving to manna through our church or go to the manna website and you can be a manna driver. How cool is that? So uh, we would love for you to help with manna if you can. Next Sunday is going to be All Saints Sunday here. Um, and you can light a candle for someone who has gone to be with the Lord this year as we remember them. Uh, also next Sunday from 5 to 6, we are going to have drive-through communion from 5 to 6. Um, it's getting dark earlier, and most people have been coming the first hour, so it's just one hour next Sunday from 5 to 6, drive-through communion. We would love to see you for that. Um, also want to let you know we have virtual uh, charge conference for our church this Tuesday night. And again, that'll be all virtual. But here's the big announcement. Are you ready? This is the big one. And everybody's so excited about it. People that are here in person, are, they're, they're on the edge of their seat about this announcement. Uh, today, from 2 to 4, uh, we are going to be at the Casey's house. That's 108 Casey Drive in Glencoe. If you have any questions, message the church. We're having trunk or treat. It's going to be great. All outdoors. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, kids can go around to the different trunks and get candy. There's going to be a petting zoo and tons of fun. So you want to be there. If you want to help, you want to just come hang out, join us. It's going to be a great time. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful that we are able to come together and worship this morning. We pray that you'll calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning. I'm so glad that you're here worshiping with us. If you're here in person, if you're worshiping with us, wherever you are, we are connected to you, and we're glad to be able to worship God together today. Um, we're going to pray in just a little bit, and uh, I have a, a, a special prayer request and kind of an announcement. Um, one of, one of our, our sweet members, Miss Mary Bone Freeman, passed away Thursday evening, and uh, this afternoon, there's going to be uh, a graveside service for her at Forest Cemetery at 3.30. The family will receive visitors from 2.30 to 3.30 if you'd like to go by and pay your respects to, uh, to their family. And so please remember um, her, her children, her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren, um, and um, one, one of her um, stepsons, who's my kind of a a longtime friend of mine and a member of this church, uh, Reverend Earl Freeman, is going to do uh, most of the service. I'm going to help participate. So remember um, that family as you say your prayers today. Uh, one thing about next Sunday is All Saints Sunday, and it's Communion Sunday. And Pastor Andy mentioned the, um, the drive-through communion, which we will continue to do for people who can't come and, and get out. They can drive-through. But next Sunday, we're also going to do uh, communion for in-person. Uh, we have little self-contained uh, communion elements that you'll get when you come through the door. And we will do, this is different from how we've ever done communion before, but hey, a lot of things in 2020 are different, right? So you'll be able to take communion in person uh, next Sunday. And I know many of you have longed to do that. To, to receive communion, Holy Communion here uh, in, in the sanctuary. So if that's you, next Sunday you'll have an opportunity to do that too. Um, Pastor Andy's going to take the children to Children's Church right now. And so um, I want to say to all the kids, make sure that Pastor Andy behaves. I don't worry about y'all. I kind of worry about him. So, all right. As they do that, I want to thank you once again for your support of your church. And, and this church is, is here on the corner of Fifth and Chestnut, just ministering to this community. And we, we are able to do that because of your support. Thank you again for your support. And join me now as we pray. Oh Lord, you are God and you are eternal. The situation in which we find ourselves in is not eternal, but you are eternal. So help us to keep that in mind, to be uh, content with doing what we can do, even if it's not what we want to do, what we can do. And you give us grace, Lord. You provide for us what we need for this day. You give us today our daily bread. So thank you for all of that. And we pray that our worship would be pleasing in your sight today and we pray Lord as we lift our friends and our family and our loved ones up to you we trust you to care for them to be the good shepherd for them we ask all this in Jesus name amen one more thing before I sit down uh, this next song I know that that you're you're out there uh, wherever you are and you're worshiping with us today uh, but one of our friends uh, is worshiping from a hospital bed with us today and Joan this next song is for you Questioning over every worry, every fear. 
becomes the sweetest offering. And sometimes choosing just to sing is a thing that changes everything. Hallelujah. When the storm is I don't know, maybe you felt like you needed that song as badly as I did. I, I just, uh, I want to say thank you uh, to, to Joan for pointing us to that song. Thank you to the praise band for, for doing that. Hallelujah, even here. Um, and that's kind of where we are. That's kind of where we've been all month long is, is saying even here. And looking at the book of Job and thinking about how in 2020, We've all just kind of gotten weary. We've all just said, okay, we're just over this. You know, we're, we're over all of this, all these changes, all of this loss, all this suffering. We're just over it, but it's not over, right? It's not over. And so how do we go on? How do we deal with it? What do we do with, with the suffering? And we, we feel like we just want to shake our fist at the sky and say, why? But, but what do we do? Um, so we talked about that question a couple of weeks ago about why, why bad things happen. And we talked about how sometimes we just don't know. And sometimes, uh, remember the three F's? We talked about the foolishness. Sometimes bad things happen because we're foolish. You know, we make foolish choices. And then we talked about fallenness, and we live in a fallen world, and all creation groans to be redeemed, and we're not there yet. None of us are there yet. And then we talked about freedom, how God has, has given freedom. And the same freedom that lets us do good things and choose God is the freedom that lets people walk away. It's the freedom that lets people do bad things. And so beyond that, what can we say that God is good and that God is light, that God does not cause bad. But here's the question we're going to look at today. If God doesn't cause bad, can God still work through bad? And that's where we're going to look at today because that's where Job landed, uh, that, that God was working through all of the circumstances. Um, the scripture today is from Job 23, verses 8 through 10. And hear the word of the Lord this morning. If I go forward, Job says, he, talking about God, is not there. Or backwards, I cannot perceive him. On the left, he hides, and I cannot behold him. I turn to the right, but I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come out like gold. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Several years ago when I was serving a church in Florence, Alabama, um, I was doing a lesson with the youth on the passage in Jeremiah about the potter and the clay. And let me read you the little short passage, and then I'll tell you what I did with youth group. Um, the passage comes from Jeremiah 18. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Come down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. 
The vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hands, and he reworked it into another vessel as seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as the potter has done, says the Lord, just like the clay in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. So you know what I did with the youth group? I loaded them up on the church bus, and we went to the potter's house. We went to this pottery place that was at that time over in North Florence. If you know anything about Florence, it was over in North Florence. It was called Hallelujah Hands. I'm like, all right, you got me at the name, Hallelujah Hands. This really nice lady did pottery. She had a store in the front where she had things to sell. And then in the back, she had her pottery shop. And she invited you to come in and watch her work, which was the coolest. And we went in, and she sat down at this wheel. This is a spinning flat surface, which is, it's cool to me that, that the way people make pottery today has been the way people have made pottery for thousands of years. You just basically take dust and water, which if you think about it, is kind of what we're made of. You take dust and water and you throw it on the wheel and that's what she did. She had this clay, this just like putty-like clay. She was sitting at that spinning wheel. We were gathered around. And when I say we were gathered around, I don't know if you've ever gone anywhere with a youth group. We were gathered around because there were two guys over here who were more interested in their Pokemon cards than they were anything else. Uh, and so I didn't, you just, some people, you just don't have them. And I didn't have it. And then there's this one guy who was always off by himself. He was always away from the group. And he had his head down playing, I think it was a Game Boy at that point. And he's like this everywhere he went. Okay. Um, so the rest of us, though, we were engaged to the potter and the wheel. And she, the first thing she did was throw the clay and she, she threw it on the wheel and it was spinning and it didn't quite land where she wanted it to so she scooped it back up and she threw it again and then she dipped her hands in water and she started working with the clay. All this time she's telling us what she's doing. She's making a bowl, a simple bowl and we're watching, it's pretty fascinating, you know? And she finishes the bowl, she stops the wheel, she lifts it off, she turns it around in her hand and at this point I'm thinking, that is a cool looking bowl. I want to buy that bowl right there, and I want to take it home. Uh, I wanted to take it back to my office at the church, and I knew the shelf that I wanted to put it on, and I want to look at it, and I want to remember this day at Hallelujah Hand. And all of this is going through my mind when she frowns and she throws it back down and she smushes it down on the wheel. And all of our mouths just like, Why did you do that? And she looked at us and she smiled and she says, it just wasn't what I had in mind. And she started spinning that wheel again and dipping, adding more water and, and doing this stuff again. And she worked herself into another bowl and she got the bowl uh, she, just right and she stopped and she lifted it up and she thought, now there. And she set it aside and she said, come here, I want to show you something else. And we went to her kiln and you could feel the heat. She was firing something in the kiln. And you could feel the heat coming off of that. And I said, how hot does it get in that thing? And she said, oh, about 1,800 degrees or so. And we're like, holy cow, you know? So we, we go through our lessons at Hallelujah Hands. And we go back and get on the church bus. And I'm talking to them through the little microphone because that's kind of how we did the little microphone that does the speaker. And I said, so what did y'all think of the, the pottery shop? And, and they were like, cool, or whatever kids said back in those days. And, and so I'm like, okay, we've got to get the lesson out of this. And I said, okay, y'all. Um, and the whole time I'm talking, the two guys over here in this seat are still playing with Pokemon. And then the guy over here is just, he never has looked up from his Game Boy. And I said, okay, in the, in the lesson, in the potter, in the clay, 
who is the potter and who is the clay? And they all said, God is the potter and we are the clay. Now can we go to Krispy Kreme? Because I had kind of bribed them. Well, not kind of bribed them. I had bribed them. I'm not beyond that, I admit, uh, that, that we'd go to Krispy Kreme. But before we went to Krispy Kreme, I had one more thing. And I thought, here's my last chance at getting this point across. And on the little microphone, I said, what is one thing that you learned from going to Hallelujah Hands that you didn't know before? And one little girl said, you know, I didn't know it got that hot in the kiln where they fired the, the I didn't know it had to get that hot in order to be useful. And I said, I didn't know that either. And then I was about to launch into a little sermonette on the fires of suffering and all of the stuff like we preachers do. But then I thought, I did one of the hardest things for us preachers to do. I just kind of let the silence hang there for a little bit. And I'm so glad that I did because something beautiful happened. This voice came out that said, I learned something. And it was the guy that had been playing his Game Boy the whole time. And everybody just looked at him like, I didn't know you could talk. I mean, he's just, so he said, I learned something. And I said, okay, what did you learn? And he said, I learned that sometimes God doesn't like what he sees. So he throws us back on the wheel and starts working on us again. And I thought, I literally could not have said that better myself. So I cranked the bus and put it in gear, and we went to Krispy Kreme, because that was it. Nothing else I needed to say, right? So back to Job and the lessons that we've been learning about suffering. A couple of things that I have for us to think about today, and I put them in the form of what-ifs. Because sometimes we're, we're in the middle of this suffering, and we, we really feel like we're on the spinning wheel. You know, we feel like life is spinning out of control and we either think, God, what are you doing to me? Or we think, God, you're completely gone. You're absent altogether. You're hiding somewhere. But here's my what if. My first what if is, what if God is not hiding at all? But what if God is actively working in our lives the whole time like the potter at hallelujah hands working through good working through bad to shape us to form us you see at times um, at times job was mad at god a little bit at times job thought that god wasn't even there the scripture that i read earlier job said i try to go forward god i try to go forward and you're not there i try to go backward and i can't really perceive you I try to go to the right I try to go to the left I can't find you anywhere God there's a lot of pain in that there's pain in those words God I'm trying to find you and you're not there and the Bible let's be honest the Bible is a story of hide and seek but here's the thing we are the ones who hide God is always the one who seeks it's been that way since Adam and Eve and God is the potter, and we are the clay. So, I don't know, maybe 2020 is a reminder that sometimes we just get thrown on the wheel again. And we get, we get worked over because I, I really believe that God is always, always working on us because we're not finished products. None of us are. I'm not, and you're not. God's always working on us. And I think, you know, I think in the end, Job realized that too, because here's what he said in Job 23.10. He says, God knows the way that I take. Like, God, I might not can see you when I go forward, backwards, right or left, but I know that you know the way that I take. And, and I want you to know that God knows the way that you take, that God knows that nothing has happened in your life this year that was a big surprise to God. Because God is sovereign. And here's what Job says, and this is what I really want us to hear today. 
When God has tested me, Job said, I shall come out like gold. Just hold on to those words for a little bit. When God has tested me, I'll come out like gold. Today is Reformation Sunday. And you're like, well, I don't know. Does that matter to anybody except Lutherans? Yes, it matters. Uh, Reformation Day is, is actually October the 31st, right? October the 31st in 1517 on October the 31st, Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses on the, the door of the church at Wittenberg, Germany. And it, I could tell you a little bit about that. If you want to know more about it, then you could ask Dr. Grover Kitchens. He got his doctorate, by the way. Uh, he, he teaches this in his classes, and he's really smart about stuff like this. But basically, Martin Luther thought some things in the church needed to be reformed. But I want you to think about that word with a potter, reformed. Martin Luther was upset. One of the things he was upset of, about the corruption and the indulgences that were being sold by the, the Catholic Church is basically you could, you could buy yourself into a better deal in the afterlife. Or that's what they were telling people. He, he also was upset that, that he believes that the articles of faith uh, should be from scripture alone. Sola scriptura is what he taught and not from the Pope, not from the church tradition. And he believed that the Roman Catholic Church was getting it wrong when it came to salvation, that he firmly believed that salvation was through faith alone, through grace alone, and not faith plus works or some kind of combination of the, all of that. That's, that's in a nutshell some of the things that he was saying the church needs to be reformed Okay, this bring, brings me to my last what if. What if we can come through all of this suffering and we can be reformed into something better? We can be reformed into something that God had in mind, changed for the better. Job said, I'm going to come out like gold when all this is over. I'm, gonna, I'm going through the fire now, but I'm going to come out like gold. I've seen pottery being made. Maybe some of you've made it or seen it made. I've never seen gold being refined. I don't think they would let me get near it. They'd probably be afraid that I would try to pick up a stray nugget here or there. I don't think. But I do. What I, what I know about it, I just kind of learned from reading about it. It's just, it's just basically they turn take the nuggets or the ore or whatever and they smelt it at a really really high temperature like 2000 degrees or something and and make it liquefied and then the workers add things to it and I, did you know they add borax and some kind of ash to it and, and to the liquefied stuff and it separates the pure gold from all of the less valuable stuff the dross right So again, refining takes place after really, really hot fire. And then the bad stuff can be separated out from the good stuff. So what if through the fires of 2020, God is able to separate from our lives the things that don't need to be there? Wouldn't it be worth it? Wouldn't it be worth it? Uh, this last week, I got to be part of a Zoom workshop um, that was led by Leonard Sweet. Leonard Sweet is one of my favorite teachers and authors, and he's a really great preacher. He's, he's got one of those minds that just kind of thinks out ahead. Um, but he was teaching this workshop about what life is like and what the church is going to be like. And he kept talking about B.C. and A.C. Now, what do you think B.C. and A.C. stands for? Before COVID and after COVID, right? He kept talking about what, what life is going to be like, uh, B.C. and A.C. And uh, a couple of things he had that stuck out in my mind. One thing was that he said that, that we, uh, we today are living in an arranged marriage. 
And what he meant by that is we didn't have any say-so over the times in which we live. Just like an arranged marriage in Bible times, you didn't have a say-so over who you married, but you could choose what to do with it after that, okay? You and I don't get to pick the times that we live in. And I, I'm like you, I said, I don't like it. I don't, I, I just want to whine. But we don't get to pick the times. I would pick a time probably in the past or maybe in the future. I don't think I would go back to a time before air conditioning. But other than that, I think it would be kind of cool to be a cowboy or something. You know, I don't know. But we don't get to pick the time. But we get to pick what we do with it. And here's what he said about, he said, these he talked about it counting your blessings. I'm going to talk about it in gold nuggets. Here's some gold nuggets that are going to come from this AC time. Here's some gold nuggets. Gold nugget number one is this time after COVID has reminded us that the building is not the church. The building is not the church. I mean, to even think that at all is a heresy because the church is God's called out people. Did you ever do this when you were a kid? Like, this is the church and this is the steeple. And open the door and this is the people. Did y'all do that? Okay. Uh, you at home, did you do that? This is the church, this is the steeple. Open the door, this is the people. And I, I love doing that, but... I think we got it just a little bit backwards because this isn't the church. This is the church, right? This is the worship and mission outpost of the church. And this is the steeple. And y'all, we have the coolest steeple I've ever seen. I just love the green patina on our steeple. But that's not the church. That's the church. You're the church. I'm the church. And COVID has reminded us of that. We have the most beautiful sanctuary, the greatest facilities, but the facilities are not the church. We are. Okay, gold nugget number two. We have been reminded, AC, that there is another door into the church that's been there for a long time. We just haven't taken much advantage of it. And it's called the internet. We have moved farther ahead with digital worship. And after one month of pandemic, we moved farther ahead in digital worship than we have in the last decade. Just out of sheer necessity. And we should have been doing it all along gold nugget y'all because like it or not the digital world is here we are not going back to the Gutenberg world because we live in the Google world okay um, all right gold nugget number three life AC after COVID has reminded us that we're not in control we're just not I know some of you are control junkies like I am, but hey, you just got to know that control, the thought that we were in control to begin with was just an illusion. And that illusion that we were in control, look, it has been thrown back on that potter's wheel and it has been heated up in the refiner's fire and we've been reminded who is sovereign and who's not. God is sovereign, and we're not. God is eternal. Our normal way of doing things is not eternal. Even if we think it is, it's not. Haven't we learned some of that? AC? Isn't that maybe a gold nugget? To know that things can change in the blink of an eye. To know that things also change over a long period of time through suffering and fire and reshaping and reforming. 
couldn't we come through this better? What if? And you say, well, Pastor Sam, you're an optimist. And I, I kind of am. But I'd rather be uh, what uh, Václav Havel, I think, put it better. Václav Havel was the last president of Czechoslovakia and the first president of the Czech Republic. You may not know much about him, but he's a very important person in that part of the world in that time in his history. He was persecuted for years because he criticized communism and he was imprisoned multiple times. Uh, one time when he got out of prison, somebody asked Václav Havel if he was optimistic. And here's what he said. And I really like this. He said, I am not an optimist. I am a person of hope. And there's a difference. There's a difference. I want to be a person of hope. I don't think we need more optimists. I think we need more people of hope. Because hope, Hebrews 6, 6 says, is, 6, 19 says, is the anchor of our soul. And look, it's not one of those anchors that you throw behind you to keep you from moving forward. The hope that is the anchor of our soul is like a cage anchor, a cage anchor. You see, in the days of the sailing ships, when the winds were up and when the storm was coming, the ships didn't need to be by the shore. They needed to be off of the shore because if they were in shore, they'd get beaten against the rocks, right? So they used a cage anchor, and they'd have a smaller vessel to go out in front where the, where the ship needed to go and to take the anchor out and drop it out front. And then the ship would pull in the anchor and really winch themselves into the future, into the forward, into the place where they wanted to go. It was a process called kedging. And hope is the kedge anchor for our souls. We cannot go back to where we were. What got us this far is not going to get us there. As people of hope, we go into God's unseen future having to trust that God is with us. And that it's God who's drawing us. It's God who's drawing us. Sometimes the seas are, are stormy and sometimes they're smooth and pleasant. But are we changed through the process? Are we reformed? You bet we are. You bet we are. God is working in us. God is working on us. And God will work through us. Let us pray. God, we, if we're honest, know that we need some work. We need you to keep working on us. So we ask you today, um, get us out of our comfort zone. Work on us. Reshape us. Because we are the clay and you are the potter. The things that we think are eternal, Lord, are so temporary. You are eternal. So have your way with us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
I think the praise band has done a pretty great job of doing our benediction for us. So I'll just say this. As we go forward, we go forward as people of hope. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Amen. <laughs>